previously on Algoa FM Breakfast. Now, everyone is familiar with uh, the organization Gift of the Givers over so many years. They have helped thousands in need, most recently offering aid to KwaZulu-Natal with the recent floods. Also, recently, they've been inundated with uh, calls to assist with uh, the flood which happened in Cape Town recently and um, relief intervention, more in particular, where some homes got flooded. And this morning... Uh, they are represented by its founder and chairman here in Kaberge, Dr. Imtiaz Suleiman. Doctor, absolutely wonderful to have you on Algoa FM Breakfast this morning. Welcome. Thank you very much and uh, morning to all the listeners of Algoa. We've been talking to you all this time. Nice to be in your studio and in your lovely city. Now, Doctor, Gift of the Givers has been around for 30 years and has uh, done so much and gained a solid and trustworthy reputation in its time. Having come from a medical background, where did the decision come from to leave medicine and start this awesome, awesome organization? It's not something that was initiated by me. I mean, it's a spiritual, it's a very spiritual basis. Mm. I met a spiritual teacher in Istanbul in August 91, went back the following year, 6 August 1992, Thursday night, 10 p.m. The spiritual teacher tells me in fluent Turkish, and I don't understand a word of Turkish, mm. but I understood every single word that he said in Turkish. He said, my son, I'm not asking you. I'm instructing you to form an organization. The name in Arabic will be Wakful Wakifin. Translated, it means gift of the givers. You will serve all people of all races, all religions, all colors, all classes, all cultures, of any geographical location and of any political affiliation. But you will serve them unconditionally. You will expect nothing in return, not even a thank you. Serve people with love, kindness, compassion, and mercy, and remember the dignity of man is foremost. This is an instruction for you for the rest of your life. And remember, my son, whatever you do is done through you and not by you. Sure. Wow. Sure. Dr. Suleiman, that is, uh, that's powerful. And I mean, just looking at you, so it's a pity, you know, our listeners don't have a visual reference. I'm looking at you and I can see that you still internalize those words and that message so deeply. Well, you're dealing with human life. You said, you know, whatever you do, be the best at what you do. Mm. Not because of ego, but because you're dealing with human life, human emotion, human dignity and human suffering. So I have to keep reminding myself that and remind myself that I can't become egoistic, that Dr. Suleiman did this. I did nothing. Yeah. Everything is done to the grace of God Almighty. It's a spiritual thing. Everything is done through you. And 30 years experience has told me that and shown me that the things are put in place in front of you. When you have to go to a certain place, information is put clearly in front of you. You have to go. I keep in the last three days, I've given people examples that on Friday morning, I thought of three people. And within five minutes of each other, they all call me. And it happens all the time. Wow. So, I mean, the, the core focus of the gift of the givers is disaster intervention and to uplift the most vulnerable and marginalized of communities, which, given the socioeconomics of our country and the continent at large, is obviously a mammoth and ongoing task. How then does the organization select and rank different cases in order of importance? In terms of uh, disasters in the country, well, first of all, our priority is South Africa. So that goes without saying. Mm. During COVID itself, there were crises all over the world. We didn't send teams. We said we can send funds. We have, but of course, we don't just give funds to anybody. We've got to have networks on the ground. So we have people that we've dealt with, and you know, we send supplies on the other side to get things done. For the first time since 2020 of the COVID, we didn't send teams out because our medical teams were more required in the country than outside. But COVID, with so many healthcare workers dying and so many patients coming to the hospital, and it, over time, you know, 
healthcare workers were burnt out. So if you take your teams out, you just put more pressure on the system. So we said no outside to help in terms of medical personnel. Yes, in terms of supplies and reserve, you know goods, we can do that. Secondly, it's not difficult to work out inside the country what's big disasters. COVID was a big disaster. The floods of 2019 was a big disaster. The unrest of 2021 is a big disaster. And the floods of 2022 is a big disaster. Yogai City is a massive disaster. Mm. You're right? So it's, all, it's, all, it's things like that. And then when there's Eastern Cape, the drought, besides your place, all the other towns long since 2017 you know those require attention the hungry animals in Sutherland with the drought where the sheep count drops from 440,000 to 31,000 is a disaster so it's easy to work out when it's a small disaster like a, a small fire or a small storm or like what's happening in Cape Town now in most cases the disaster management calls us or the mayor or a counsellor, or a community worker. They call us. So it's easy to, to work out that yes. stuff. We don't work with individuals. We work with com- community case disasters. We don't work with one-person issues. Yes. So, except, you know, when we give bursaries, or we do face-to-face counselling, people need some support. Yes, that's one-on-one. But everything else, it has to be community-oriented. International disasters is easy. If it's something big, we wait for the head of state to make an announcement internationally. I'm from this country. we got a big problem. We need international support. And then we look at it and say, okay, while the countries nearby manage, if they manage, we're not going to use our resources because Africa resources are not much and we've got to help our own continent first. Yeah. But if something really big, like that tsunami, the earthquake in, in Nepal, the typhoon Haiyan in Philippines, the earthquake in Haiti, okay, that's major in the disaster. Lots of people need to get inside to help. We say, okay, for those ones, we will respond. We don't have to wait. But of course, they must make the announcement first. Yes. Cyclone Idai, Mozambique, Malawi, Zimbabwe, was massive. They needed assistance. Normally, the Mozambican government says, sorry, thank you very much. We don't need any assistance. They've done that several times since 2000, 2000 floods. But in 2019, they said, we do need help. And so we went through. Doctor, you spoke about uh, the Gift of the Givers teams and uh, your outreach is so vast across across the world. How do you find the time to lead all the teams? Is it is it possible uh, to uh, present every single location or do you have a system in place uh, that assists um, the workload with the workload? The teams are all voluntary. My, let's, let's make a distinction. Yeah. My staff are all full-time. The daily staff work Monday to Sunday. Yeah. They're full-time. The teams are made up of paramedics, medical personnel of primary health care, you know, trauma specialists, post-op trauma specialists, and also trauma counselors. So these are the, the, the voluntary people. I don't need them every day. They got their own private practice or they work in a government hospital or whatever. When there's a disaster, in the past, right up till 2013, I led every single team into the different disasters. From 2014, I changed the system. I said, I'm not going to live forever. And the guys who've traveled with me have traveled with me enough. I have a core team of 30 to 40 people and every other disaster we bring in new people to train new blood because we have to keep the process ongoing. Mm. And sometimes new people come with new ideas and you give everybody a chance, you listen and you see what they do differently. You allow everybody to apply their own mind and sometimes ideas are good and if the ideas are not good, you know what not to do next time. So it's a learning experience in any case. So from 2014, I'm sending the younger blood to, to head the missions and I control the communication systems from here, you know, to see what's going on. And they will get to the other side and they will phone and I said, I died. I'm not here, you know, so you got to work it out yourself. And, <laughs> 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 and they do a brilliant job. 
They come with new ideas, and so from that point, I don't lead teams anymore. Doctor, we're experiencing a particularly, you know, rough time at the moment, the world over. People are in survival mode, and we're swimming in stress. Even South Africans who are known for their fortitude and resilient spirits are beginning to feel dismayed. Um, you and your team are also South African. You've said that you prioritize um, our country. Your lived experience is the same as every other citizen of this country. So, you know, you you know what we're going through, but you're also exposed to so much more devastation from, as you say, Haiti, Somalia, Nepal. It's clearly a calling. But how do you guys decompress and remain motivated and positive in your service? It's simple. We're not on the other side. And when you're not on the other side, you realize how fortunate you are. My team say three things. Whenever they go out, no matter whether the media travels with me, government travels with me, medical teams travel with me, paramedics travel with me, and just normal guys who put up a tent and you know, give blankets who travel with me, they say the same thing. We've got a great country, we must appreciate what we have, and we need to be grateful you know, for what we have because there are millions of people far worse than us. And when my teams get to the other side, when I tell them I died, you know, before they, when they ask me, what must I do on the other side? And I tell them simple. What will you do if your wife, your father, or your child is in difficulty? What would you do for them? Mm. What you're going to do for them? All those people, your wife, your child, and your father. Treat them the same. Treat them the same. Mm. And they are driven by that. That's the first part. The second part, I teach them. All of you had learned the new word, social distancing. Mm. We taught them a word that nobody has heard about yet, emotional distancing. We teach them emotional distancing from the first day. That you don't get attached to a situation, to a person. You feel compassion for the situation. Oh, the people of Haiti got a problem. The people of Port-au-Prince got a problem. But not Alfred or Ismail or Lungile or, or Peter has the problem. The moment you personalize it, you are dead. It becomes too emotive for you. You know, you get attached to it, and that's the problem. So you have to be cold on the one side, not to be attached, and you can be warm at the same time to be compassionate about the situation, but not the individual. And when you do that, you can do your work. But unfortunately, a lot of my teams do get attached to the people and they say, oh, the small child, look, his eye is gone out. Now what are we going to do? I see this old man, now he's bent, he can't walk properly. And when that happens, it becomes a bit of a problem. Yeah. Dr. Nelson Mandela Bay is in a water crisis and that is why you and your, your team are here to assist. And you have also partnered with the Nelson Mandela Bay Business Chamber and the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro on a series of urgent interventions. Share some of these interventions with us. Yes, you know, first of all, I need the, the city to understand, you know what, yes, there's been anger here, there's, you know, there's, there's people are dis- disillusioned. We need to understand something very, very clearly. And I give this message to government all the time. The city doesn't belong to the government. It belongs to the 1.8 million residents. The moment that happened, you take ownership of your city and you make sure that you do everything to protect your city because it's about you. No matter what other people do or don't do, it's about you and your city, your family, your children, your grandchildren. Now you're going to sit back callously and say, ah, you know, they're not doing anything, so we're not going to do anything. That's a recipe for a disaster. It is a disaster already, but you can prevent it from becoming a bigger disaster. Now with that opening words, I'll explain to you what's important and what has to be done. The, the, the dialogue was very good. I was very warmly received by the municipality, I must tell you, by the mayor, deputy mayor, the city manager, uh, Barry Martin, the, the engineer, and other people in the city, very warmly received by Denise and Prince in the business chamber. You know, it was an excellent meeting, and I find there's a willingness to do things sorted out. We also have to make a distinction between the political parties, 
the politicians mm. on the one side and the civil uh, uh, servants on the other side. The civil servants want to do things right. Only whatever the politicians do, it deflects on the civil servants. They get a blame for something they're not responsible for. And I'll explain this even further. So we need to make a distinction and not be angry at everybody. Okay. Mm. So what that meeting, when we had a meeting and then I put my input on the meeting on Tuesday, immediately at the end of the meeting, Barry Martin, the engineer, said, I would like to meet you with my whole team of engineers. And I invited him for breakfast at the Courtyard Hotel the next morning, and the whole team came, and the mayor and the deputy mayor came just as a courtesy visit. They were not involved in the technical discussion. Mm. And a whole lot of plans were put up. And the first thing I asked is, you don't have much time. So in a crisis like this, and by the way, we were called by Kuham municipality also yesterday. They got nine towns in trouble. The, 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 the intervention or the principles are the same on both sides. Yeah. So we said simply, because you've got no time against you, you've got time against you, what's the first principle? Do you have boreholes that were drilled some time ago? In every place we go, boreholes have been drilled some time ago and they tapped and they closed. They set the late last night at, two, at 12 o'clock, a guy called Matthew sent us, Matthew Hill, sent us all the points he set and did all the GPS points of where the boreholes are. Now when that happens, we, our teams, we got the true drilling members, we brought in two additional drilling companies this morning. They'll go to all those sites and see what's feasible. If they have a yield of 2,000 liters or more, we can put in pumps and in instantly, we've got five days of water left in the Churchill uh, you know, water management system, we can start opening the water out to different areas. Yeah. The way we operate is people are on a grid system. Every, people, every community you take off by giving them water, they're off the grid. So you concentrate on those that are not on the grid. Yeah. So the first thing is to open those walls. It's the fastest way of putting water immediately into the city because you get water either from the dam or from groundwater or from the rain. Rain is not working. No. Dams is a problem. And groundwater is, is a savior, okay? The second thing is they will have those, if they don't have that bowl in some areas like the red zones and the poorer communities and where the old age homes are and where the hospitals and the schools are, we need to drill there. We started drilling in Alpha Prime already. We already found water, but we want a bigger yield. We may put a second bowl there. When we drill, it's for the institution as well as for the community on the outside. Gotcha. Again, yeah. to take them off the grid. The third thing we agreed on, municipality goes for the water tanker and people wait to take the water from the water tanker. When that happens, you're losing too much of time. And those guys who are gone to work or come after work don't get. Mm. So that causes tension, it causes anxiety, it causes emotional issues. Frustration. Frustration. Mm. If you put Jojo tanks in all the areas and you, you just drop it off 15 minutes, you can go back five, six times to collect the water. Yeah. So everybody gets. That's the next point. They agree to that. Fourth, we will provide a Jojo tanks. And even business. Business is very keen to do that. Number four, we will provide them with more water tankers. Coke has offered us two 34,000 litre water tankers. Those are monster tankers. Wow, yeah. We're using them in uh, Makanda, in Adelaide, in Bedford, in Fort Beaufort, in Cromie, and other areas. So that's a huge support. They're talking to us this morning. Hopefully, they've got something else to give. And also, they give others they'll have to give out Coke to the whole city. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and, and then also, they, they give us Jojo tanks, 10 by 10,000 liter Jojo tanks, which is a huge benefit. Point number four. Yeah. Number five, there are systems where, and it's just two or, two or three more points. Number five is the, the, the city found some areas in the ground in Malabar and I think called Brighton. But what is coming up from the ground? Mm, We're going to look at New that. Brighton. New Brighton, yeah. Mm. We're going to look at that to see how we can harness that water because every drop you need to save. So if we can get that and, and generate it into, to make it available for the public, we're going to look at that. Number six, what we've done in, in Hamka, in Beaufort West, and in Wineck, in uh, Makanda, you look for ball fields. If there's adequate water there, you drill it and you put it directly into the filtration plant, into the water plants. So it gets purified directly. You don't have to put a filtration system. Number seven, 
uh, we found the the, the 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 engineers have been very good. They're looking at using moving the barge in Pofu Dam, where they can then extract another thirty million liters of water a day, even from the dead water, which is a huge asset to the city. Number eight, in the Utenek area, <coughs> they can move some water around. They look at some engineering issues, and they can put more water in the Noit Khadar system, which means more water for the areas that are water compromised in the, in the city. So they're doing a lot of good work. They presented a very good plan. Number nine, we offered them that if you have a problem in terms of a part missing or a pump not working or motor not working, the tender processes take too long and the city council has got a reputation of doing everything. Mm. So we've got to separate the politicians and the political parties from the civil servants. We said if it's got a reasonable price, we'll pay for it. It bypasses tender, it bypasses issue, it's donation. It gets the job done faster. Around the infrastructure. Yeah, around mm. the infrastructure, reasonable infrastructure. Tenth, the the the, 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 the Business people are now hoping, uh, have been given permission to fix the leaks. Every million liter we save for the leaks, they'll, at their cost, they'll take the liability, they'll do it. Business is coming in. Yeah. Number 11, we need a city participation. We need every single person in the city to save water. Absolutely. On the ones, I'm not saying you're losing too much water, but if you can save another 500 mils each, it collectively 1.8 million people, it's a lot of water. It'll extend your life of your, of your water. Yeah. Number two, if you've got a leaking toilet, a leaking tap, leaking house, please try to fix it. A lot of people are battling with unemployment difficulty. If there are plumbers out there, artisans out there, let's do goodwill to each other. Fix the things for free. Yeah. You know, it'll, or at a low cost, it will help the entire city. Let's save every single drop that we can get in the city. If schools, hospitals got leaks, the business chambers have, I think, fixed 46 schools already. Yeah. So the schools and water, you may save a lot of water through that. And the final point, which is very, very crucial, it's winter, it's winter, it's cold, people are going to put fires in the house. Please be very, very careful about your fires in your home, you know, because shack fires, there's no water to put it out. It happened in Newton Lake, the house is oh. burnt. So make sure that you have ten, five or ten liters, every single house in the city must have two bottles, five liters each, and mark there for fire use only. And when a fire comes, all of you run out of your houses and put the fire off. Mm. In, a, in informal settlements, keep a two or three buckets of sand and throw that over the fire when it starts. You cannot afford to have a fire. There is no water to put it out. Yeah. You, it's your city, your responsibility. Make sure you take care of it. Put plans in place. <laughs> Dr. Yeah. MTS, you know, listening to you, uh, I'm so inspired and I'm more than ever assured that good leadership is key. And so is the prioritizing of integrity over expedience. I'm not alone, seemingly. On Telegram, we've got some messages coming through from listeners. Deline says, goose flesh, listening to Dr. Imtia Suleiman this morning. God bless you and your team. And Daryl says, I will follow this man to hell and back. What an amazing human being. You know, clearly your organization is well-led and many feel that government could in fact learn a thing or two from the gift of the givers. Any chance, Dr. Suleiman, of dipping a toe in political waters? No. <laughs> the advantage of being on the outside is you don't have to follow rules. I can break the rules. I can do what I want. And, you know, get general, things done. Get things, I mean, I've mm. walked in the municipality and, and in Koha, they gave me the chair with the mayor. <laughs> 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 so I said, why, where are you going? He said, I'm sitting down. <laughs> so, but, you know, you, you build a friendly diplomatic relationship with people. Yes. And you need people, people need to understand we don't have to be a politics that. This is about your city. You're a human being. It's about saving the city. And you need to put the politics aside. You need to put your egos aside. It's what, what would you do if your family, the same question in the beginning. Yes. If it's your mother, your wife, or your father, your wife, and your child, what would you do? The city belongs to the political people also. Mm. Your family is here. Your mm. friends are here. Mm. What would you take the politics out? Unless, as a, 
rational approach. Let's fix the city in the most practical way. Let's be, let's compromise. Let's do things together. Let's make allowances and took rational decisions for the sake of the people. Fighting well, for too long is, is a problem. Well, Dr. Suleiman, if, if not politics, maybe you could uh, take a look at dipping your toe in radio because you've certainly <laughs> got a fantastic voice and uh, you definitely have an audience. So maybe you could try radio at some point. But then I'm stuck to one station. <laughs> <laughs> Like this, I got radio, TV, and print all over the country. And also. <laughs> okay, so last question is, it is Youth Day today. What is your message to those whose hands in which the future will be and who are going to be shaping the world going forward? We, we, before that, we need to set the example as parents because youth learn from parents. You can't tell the youth, you know what, don't gamble and they see you in a casino. Mm. Mm. You can't tell them you mustn't hit women and you beat your wife up. You know, you can't tell them, you know, save money and you are wasteful. So you need to lead by example. And there's four qualities that every South African should have. Government, corporates, religious leaders, because, I mean, you get corrupt religious leaders too. Religious people, community leaders, people on the ground, and mm. very ordinary citizens, media, everyone. Four qualities we all should have. Spirituality, mm. morality, values, and ethics. You shape your, you shape your life along those lines. We don't need money. Because everybody will be responsible for doing things in a correct manner. We'll go out to help each other as youth. You are the future of the country. Mm. You need to learn as best as you can. You need to be helpful as best as you can. And I want to relate an incident when the flood started in KZN on the 11th of April. On the 12th of April, the first call came at 5 a.m. from Tongat. And they told us, gift of the givers, you guys were here last week. You delivered food parcels to 200 families. We have sad news. One of the ladies in that families that you delivered food to in, uh, in the low-income flats, she and three of her grandchildren, the old lady and three grandchildren, were washed away. Mm. So the teams went there first. When they got there, the, the lady with the grand, grandmother was found, and the two children were found. The third one was found late in the day. But what was very heartbreaking was the old people came back. They were moved at night because the water rose one meter in, 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 in the apartment where they were. So the next morning, they came back to see the house. They were feeble. All pensioners. Oh, the sad thing was, there was not a single son or a single daughter to be there to help the old people. Now, we can't have a society that goes that way. We have a society where we have to have respect and care for the grand or grand people, the grandparents, for the parents, because they're the ones that nurtured you. Mm, the elderly. They, they did everything for mm. you to put you where you are. And in whatever progress we make in society, or don't make progress, our future and our blessing lies in taking care of elderly and the grandparents and the old people. That's number one. Never forget those values. Number two, never beat somebody up from your same, same, same sex or opposite sex or gender-based violence. Take care of children. And the most important thing is what you want somebody to do or not to do to you. You apply the same principle to everywhere else. We have to work hard, stand together. And yes, the country is hard. It's tough but always do things the right way. There'll always be challenges, but when you do things the right way, good always come. It takes long, but it always comes back. Well, Doctor, thank sure. you for what you're doing here in Nelson Mandela Bay as a citizen of this city. We thank you. August the 6th, 1992, it was a Thursday night. You followed through with your prophecy. May you continue doing the good work that you and your team are doing, not only in South Africa and worldwide. Thank you uh, for what you, you have done and continue to do. Thank you very much to, to Algo FM 
for all the coverage you guys give us and all the support you give us, especially for promoting humanitarian projects. And thank you for all the listeners and thank you for all the warm greetings we're getting from the people of Algoa and from the from the city. People are greeting us everywhere. They're so warm. I think they call us a friendly city. Yes. So yes. Too yes. Friendly. Now <laughs> get up and start working and save the city. <laughs> thank you, uh, Dr. Suleiman. George on Telegram wanting to know how he can join the gift of the givers. I'm not entirely sure at this stage, but uh, I do know that businesses wanting to volunteer expertise and resources or to contribute to the water crisis fund can contact the business chamber on 041 Three double one double two, or you can email them on task teams at nmbbusinesschamber.co.za. Algoa FM Breakfast is the business.